2: Download the
0: Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
1: per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside
0: Around the Dial, the best of your sports talk for Wednesday, June the 5th. I'm your host, D.A. Tonight, game number three of the NBA Finals. The Golden State Warriors do what the Golden State Warriors normally do, which is survive and advance, which is what happened in game number two. They didn't play their best basketball game, found themselves down by double digits, and yet came roaring back to take the lead in the third quarter on a 20 to nothing run that spanned both sides of halftime and then held on to win as Andre Iguodala hit the dagger at the buzzer. But in that game, one of the storylines was the quote-unquote janky defense that the Toronto Raptors employed against Steph Curry. And on that final play, Steph was doubled, which left Iguodala wide open. It was a box and one, which is unusual for the NBA game. Let's start with Jason Richardson, a former Golden State Warrior star that starred at a time when the Warriors weren't so good. He joined the Damon Bruce Show on San Francisco's 95.7 The Game.
2: Have you ever seen a box-in-one thrown at you or any team you played at in an NBA game? I'm guessing the last time you saw a box-in-one, like Gene Cady was throwing it at you.
3: <laughs> no, actually, the last time I saw a box-in-one was in a high school game. i never see anything like that in and- you Know at the college level uh, or at the pro level, uh, you know, uh, boxing one. But uh, I think the Warriors did a great job. You know, Steph. You know, getting them, trying to get them open, trying to get him free. Um, You know, they go throw gimmick. You know, defenses out there, and I think you know Steve Kerr is going to do a great job of figuring out a way how to get Steph the ball. Clay couldn't go, but I'm I'm pretty sure Clay going to figure out a way to get on the court. It's the finals. You know, you really want to play. You really want to be out there with your teammates and help your teammates. So uh, I mean, I know he's, they say he's questionable right now, but I'm pretty sure Clay will be playing.
2: Jason Richardson here on ninety five seven. The game again. It was knees that betrayed you later in your career. Did you ever deal with a hammy? How long did it take you to get over a hammy?
3: Man, hammy a, is a weird muscle. I mean, it, 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 it could take you know a couple of weeks. It could take a couple of days. It just it just depending on you know how much treatment the guy is getting, how severe the injury it is. Um, but that's one of those tricky things. It's almost like you're back, and you just don't know. Um, one day it might feel great, and you might sleep the wrong way, and you can't walk for two weeks. So um, it's, a, it's a real mystery injury. But uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure Clay's getting around-the-clock treatment for it to try to be prepared for tomorrow's game.
4: When you look at
5: Toronto, does, does it remind you of any team that you saw in your era? And if so, how? And I'm talking about above and beyond just having a great player in Leonard. When you look at them stylistically, who do they remind you of?
3: It's pretty hard to put my finger on it, because um, they do have a very old school vibe as, as far as you know, you know, giving the ball to Ka- Kawhi and have him you know post up a little bit, take some mid range, some ISO basketball. Um, it's hard to compare it to because then on the other side, they could go out there and they could shoot a lot of threes, and make a lot of threes uh, with Siakam and you know Marcus Saul, You know he's shooting, he's shooting the ball well. Uh, Kyle Lowry. I mean, they got some guys that can really play in young. So it, it's just a mix. It's a real different vibe of what they give off because they could be you know, two different teams at any given moment.
2: So speaking of different teams, obviously the Warriors have had to try a lot of different things with all the injuries. I know you said you think Klay's going to be out there. I agree with you, but let's just say he's not. Who do you think is the guy to step up and pick up some of the scoring slack if you're missing both Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson tomorrow?
3: That's going to be tough. I mean, of course, you you have to rely heavily on stuff, but you can't burn and and run stuff to the ground. So Draymond's going to have to pick it up. The market's going to have to pick it up. But um, I think uh, Cook is going to actually be the one guy for me that's going to step up big time. He has some big threes in the game, uh, too, and I think he's going to step up off the bench and, and have a big role in the game.
0: You know, whatever works and what the Toronto Raptors need to make sure they avoid and what Nick Nurse needs to avoid is ego getting in the way of winning. And I think that by employing the box in one, which is maybe seen as a lesser than defense, a quote, junk defense in the NBA, if it works and gets under Steph Curry's skin, if it works and gets under the Warriors' skin, if it makes them think about something or annoy them, hey, who cares? Who cares? If you're in their head, that's a good place to be because so rarely are the Warriors ever uncomfortable. So count me in the camp of supporting the employment of a, quote, janky defense and a box in one because however it is that you knock them off their spot, you got to do it to beat the Warriors. It's not often that we would be near the top of around the dial, And play an audio clip that had to do with a non-news event 50 years ago. But that's kind of where we find ourselves today because the story is just so good. Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle, the hit king, has a new book out. He's always looking for alternate ways to make some money. And in this book, he details a story, an anecdote about a time in Vietnam when he was not serving. He was simply there as a celebrity baseball player. And he was there with Joe DiMaggio, and they were in the middle of an intimate setting. And the hit king spills the beans to Mike Francesa on WFAN in New York. Look out.
4: You went on a uh, tour with DiMaggio. I won't talk about it, don't I? (laughs) Listen. All right. Listen. Uh, listen. Well, you know the old saying. He was the best, by the way. Marilyn Monroe was asked about Sinatra. She said he's no DiMaggio, (laughs) and you can explain why. (laughs) Yeah. Because you gave Joe DiMaggio a shower. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Tell people how you gave Joe DiMaggio a shower. Well, no. Can I do the whole story? Yeah, go ahead. Okay.
6: We're we're down in as you may not know, South Vietnam is a jungle.
4: He went to Vietnam with Joe DiMaggio yeah. on a tour.
6: Yeah, twenty-three days I lived with Joe, right. and it's so hot you can't sleep. And all of a sudden Joe says, "I got to take a shower." I said, "Joe, we're not downtown Saigon. We're <laughs> in the damn middle of the jungle." He said, "I don't give a darn. I'm Joe DiMaggio. I got to take a shower." So the only way you could take a shower there is a guy had to get up, get up on a chair. Me have a bucket of water pour it into this canvas it thing. Over his head. Pull the chain, and the guy underneath took a shower. I gave Joe DiMaggio a shower. Now the best way to describe Joe DiMaggio. Is he was a penis with a man hanging from it? <laughs> You're gonna get us kicked off the air, Mike. <laughs> you know how we call them thongs today. I understand. And well when I played, down, they called them the char point. shoes. I understand. Joe wore three of them. <laughs> I understand. I
4: understand. Okay. So, so yes. So that, hey, that, hey, that. Let me tell you something. That yes. guy
6: was the greatest man. He he was he was so nice and so humble to those soldiers over there. It was it was it was absolutely He's amazing. regal
4: kind of regal right oh, I mean yeah, he, 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 he walked like a king he thought he was a king too but he walked like he was a king right I
6: tell you I'll tell you one thing that uh, you're ask me why on the second one but uh, I've been around two people that walked into a room and the room lit up Go one ahead. was Joe who was the other one Bill Parcells really when he, I walked into a private room at Gulfstream racetrack. Yeah. He had a nice coat on. The, the The room just beamed when he walked in. This is when he was coaching the Giants. Yes. And you know, I met seven presidents.
4: He and I are very close, as you know. So very the, close. Yes.
6: Bill Parcells is yeah. the man.
4: Yeah, yeah he's he's. Got you asked him he got about that presence. time at, at Gulfstream when he walked in there. He, yeah, he didn't know it. but
6: He lit up the damn room. Well, that's nice. That's a, that's pretty that's hard a, to do. That's a
4: high compliment.
6: It's pretty hard to do.
4: That's a and and you know, putting him in now. If you walked DiMaggio, in the room, the
6: lights would go off. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you had this much fun doing nice. an interview? Now,
4: listen, you've been great today. To, <laughs> you, you, now, i got a couple more for you. Number one, will it break your heart if you don't go in the Hall of Fame? No, I'm already over Honestly, it. Honestly. I'm already over it. Is your family over it? Yeah. I, Everyone's I, over my it? My family
6: knows what kind of player I was.
4: Right, but does it My mean, fans know what kind of player was. Does it mean something to sure, you? Sure,
6: it would mean a lot to you. I mean, that, that his or her sport, everybody should want to go to the Hall of Fame. All my buddies are up there. You know, half of them are up there because of me. Well, I don't think you woke up today, downloaded
0: this podcast, and figured you'd hear a story about Joe DiMaggio's anatomy from 50 years ago. But, hey, you know what? Some things just can't wait. And so I'm glad I'm here to deliver that to you. I'm glad you know that this is now a place that's a safe zone around the dial.
6: You're going to get us kicked off the air, Mike.
0: (laughs) And occasionally, we'll bring you real amazing anecdotes that will never leave your brain ever, 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 ever.
6: The best way to describe Joe DiMaggio is he was a penis with a man hanging from it. (laughs) Like
0: that one. In Cleveland, there's major expectations for this football season. Perhaps the most excited Browns fans have been since the 80s. But there's always something that feels like it could knock this off course. A first year head coach in Freddie Kitchens, a young quarterback with a lot of responsibility on his shoulders that can be a bit of a hothead, a diva wide receiver that didn't show up to the voluntary part of OTAs, and now a running back that wants to be traded. Duke Johnson says, I'm not getting enough touches, so deal me. And thus, Baker Mayfield responded. And kind of suggested, get on the bus or get off the bus because we're moving straight ahead. Was this a criticism of his running back? Well, here's the guys on Basket and Phelps, a 92.3, the fan in Cleveland.
2: I think those were bold comments. And I wonder how they play in the locker room. Because very rarely do you hear a quarterback or anybody talk about another guy's situation as honestly as Baker just talked about that, as forcefully as Baker just talked about Duke.
7: Jeff, is that Baker or is that a second-year player or is that what a quarterback's supposed to do?
2: Well, it might be what a quarterback's supposed to do, but when's the last time you heard a quarterback
7: say stuff like that? Well, when's the last time we won a playoff game? That's why it doesn't bother me. Okay. But, Jeff, I mean, uh, we've uh, had I'm this not losing. I mean, you shook your head at me, but I'm telling you, we're, we're talking about a team that has been losers since they came back in '99.
2: Okay, I'm not saying you, I'm, I disagree with what he said. I just to take it and go to when's the last time we won a playoff game? No, I think I'm is, is uh, really no, it's I, not. It's about attitude. You just said you don't really hear quarterbacks say that, right? Well, not. I don't mean our quarterback. I mean any quarterback.
7: Well, okay, I'm I'm all in for the for the attitude change.
2: Okay, i, I I'm, and I'm not saying I disagree with it. I like that fact.
7: I hope that it plays okay in the locker room and that Baker
2: doesn't catch grief for it from other teammates who may be supportive of Duke.
7: And and so nothing is given to you. Absolutely.
2: Nothing is given to absolutely. you. Absolutely. So I, I don't mind Baker saying that. And I think it, it kind of sets the tone that he wants his team on the same page, looking at the same prize. I don't mind him. I don't mind him saying what he said.
7: I just hope the other players don't mind him saying what he said. That's my only thought here. I hate to say it, he has the ball on the majority of the plays, and it doesn't really matter. Be a leader. I have no problem with this. It's refreshing to me. It's refreshing. If you're with it, you're either with us or you're not. I mean, it just it's the whole get your head. We want your head to be here. You want to be professional? Be professional. I don't know. Maybe if he played for another team, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of cocky for a second-year quarterback. You would definitely think that's a little cocky for a second-year but year I, quarterback. But I, I'm so tired of what we've watched over the years. Maybe it's about time we got a guy like this. Let's see what he does. And now you're seeing it. You know, We say that over, let's see what he does. Well, guess what? He called out one of his teammates today. Marlboro Man. He
2: certainly didn't uh, cut him any slack. Marlboro
7: Man. Couldn't have had a better answer. Can't wait to see how people twist this around. You go, Marlboro Man.
0: Yeah, I think it has to be interpreted as a criticism of Duke Johnson. And in doing so, you know, Baker Mayfield did cross an imaginary line that does exist for leaders in a locker room not to call out other guys' finances or other guys' employment situations. But in some ways, you know, you got to consider it refreshing because Baker Mayfield isn't taking the old tact with this team. Now, he's not accomplished enough to continue to go after the guys on this roster. I mean, he hasn't accomplished anything that Duke Johnson hasn't accomplished, so it's not quite like he has the ability to call out a guy like Duke just yet, but who knows? Maybe that resonates in that locker room. I think the big thing is there's so many expectations on the Browns. Are we really ready to say that they're about to climb that mountain when all of these other things are swirling? I mean, it kind of feels like this is a ticking time bomb and that because of expectations, there's a lot of egos pulling in different directions, and that's not normally how winning football teams are built. Earlier this week, Commissioner Roger Goodell openly talked about eliminating a couple of preseason games. Right now, the four preseason games are obviously unnecessary because so few starters even play in those games. And so would the NFL ever move to an 18-game regular season with a two-game preseason? Here's former Saints quarterback Bobby Hebert on New Orleans' WWL Sports Talk.
5: I'm telling you, the NFL... This is going to happen within a handful of years. So I'm just going to throw out there 2025. By 2025, and I'd say even before that, the groundwork would be laid as far as the new collective bargaining agreement between the players and the management a couple of seasons from now. That people don't want to see, I don't care if you're trying to develop a player, consider your roster. They don't want to see the bogus games when you're paying full price. As far as the fans, I think Roger Goodell acknowledged that. So I think now the give and take, you're going to see 18 regular season games. You might say 18, that's a lot of games. I don't know. In the early 80s. In the early 80s, Christian, that's almost that's like 35 years ago. In the USFL, we played 18 games. They played two preseason games. So it can't be done. Now the players, I think, in collective bargaining, will not give up as far as the eight in other words let's say you're getting paid a million dollars over 16 games right if you're gonna add two extra games they want to be compensated for that you can't extend it you know what I mean? you know what I'm saying you can't stretch it your salary into 18 games uh, being paid over 16 and I think the players right. uh, deep down would agree to that more, more jobs more games more paid now when you You'll play in the roster more you, jobs yes when you're playing 18 games, what do you have to do? Uh, because you want the best of the best, uh, that you got to extend the roster. So I would think it's good for the fans if you play more meaningful games, that being 18. is good for the networks, even if you had a couple of buys, because the networks love it because uh, the ratings is the best programming they could put forth as far as the ratings. And I think you'll see the Super Bowl that not necessarily be at the beginning of February. But be two weeks later at the end of February. I think that's what you're going to see. Uh, you're going to see increased rosters, more meaningful regular season games, and the Super Bowl uh, being extended to uh, late February. I just think that's going to happen.
4: Yeah, the players, I think this is all going to be collectively bargained. Yes, off, it has to anything, be. Unless it is. But I think talking to some of the players today in the locker room, they weren't too keen on the idea of, Eighteen regular season games.
5: Well, they're not, but they would be. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna throw out there because uh, just for the audience, and uh, not that the players all make this much. Let's say you get sixteen million dollars for sixteen games, a million a game. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not playing, uh, you know, because uh, owners are trying. Come on, that, I, I can't believe they would try and do this. But yeah, they would say, okay, well, we, you know, we want to. You know what's good for the fans and all that. We're going to pay you sixteen million over eighteen. No, the players don't want. Okay, we want eighteen million over eighteen games. If you're going to add extra meaningful games because the preseason they don't pay the players jack. Nope. I mean, (laughs) they don't get paid. (laughs) They don't get paid for
4: OTAs. They don't get paid for minicamp.
5: They don't get paid for the preseason. And but the fans are getting charged regular season prices for preseason games. So how do you entice the fans to say, bank for your buck? Uh, like, uh, what are you doing for them? A meaningful game that counts. But then you also got to compensate the players, considering the revenue that you're bringing in. And what, I, what I'm telling you, the NFL, you don't think that, I mean, the NFL, the networks, I don't care if it's CBS, NBC, ABC, ESPN, whatever it might be. Wouldn't they rather program a real game than a preseason sure. game? Come sure. on and didn't even extend the playoffs and he, you can work out the schedule and you have a couple of buys, the players are healthy and all that. Uh, and, and you get just more football just by adding two weeks to the schedule instead of beginning in February, the end of February to have the Super Bowl. So I'm telling you Christian, I'm not negotiating anything. But I got so much damn common sense, that's what's going to occur. They need to put well, you in charge. Well, well, I mean, I, I and I think I could be fair on both sides. where it could benefit the league. We could benefit the players. And the, I say th- 3 Pete. And it also benefit the fans what they would want to see.
0: Look, I think the owners of the commissioner would do an 18-game schedule tomorrow if they could. But they got to get the NFLPA to, to write off on it. And is the NFLPA... With everything that we know about player safety and brain science and brain trauma and CTE, are they about to sign off at an 18-game schedule, even if it means more money, even if it means a bigger cut of the pie? I think the owners are probably a little sensitive to what has been painted as ownership that doesn't care about player safety and that that maybe could open them up for lawsuits down the road. They've tried to avoid that at all costs. But if the owners could get a sign-off legally from the the players, I see no reason why they wouldn't want more regular season games because that means more money to their regular season television package that they make the most of their profit out of anyway. In Baltimore, by the end of the month, Manny Machado will have returned as a member of the San Diego Padres. Machado is one of the best Orioles players Perhaps ever, certainly in recent memory, but now he's gone. And so when he comes back in a couple of weeks, should Orioles fans boo him? That's the debate on Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan.
1: You know, the last segment we talked about our next 105.7 The Fan Night. Mm -hmm. Manny Machado coming back to town. June 25th. I said I can't boo him. You said you will. Corey Randall still has a question for you. What's up, Corey? Good morning, guys. Good morning. I just have a question I put for Jerry. Jerry, yes. um can you give me your rationale behind booing and and make it legit. Give me a legitimate well, rationale I, as to why you were booing Manny Machado. Because to my understanding, at some point in time he really wanted to be here and they gave Davis his money. That's my opinion. But they gave Davis his money, I feel. No, you're right. He, you're right. No, I that's mean, not. No, 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 no. no, He
8: did want to be here at one yeah.
1: point in time. At one they point in never, time, he was going to go to. Listen, Corey. He was Manny Machado Davis, was going to the free agency yeah. regardless. Davis's
7: contract had nothing He about was
1: going. Manny Machado yeah. wanted to go into free agency. He the, the Orioles had tried to talk to him. He wanted to go into free agency. But
8: I believe there was some bitterness over Chris Davis's contract. That's
1: all speculation. I mean, that's that's just like Corey. I mean, I, I want you to answer Corey's question. But like like Corey saying that it, you know he wanted to be here, but the Davis contract did it. The speculation Manny Machado wanted to go into free agency, just like Bryce Harper did. But you can go ahead and answer Corey's question.
8: Well, it goes back to his lack of effort, where he half-assed it a lot of times and didn't give a hundred percent. Made the ridiculous comments, which I just express before we went to break about. Being owed by the state of Maryland or, you know, not being grateful enough. The state of Maryland wasn't. and Making just out of context comments that just don't add up for a guy who was treated very fairly here by the fan base, I thought. But And then also said he dreamed of being a Padre, which is disingenuous. So there's a couple of reasons. I'll come up with some more if you need them. Give me some time.
7: If you didn't grow up in San Diego, who dreams of being a Padre? Nobody. Said no one ever. Yeah. Right. Like, come on.
8: All those World Series A1? I mean,
7: Man, I could see Yankees, tradition. Cardinals, Dodgers. Right. Really? Padres?
8: I know he wanted to be on the West Coast, but memo to Manny, the Dodgers didn't even want you back. So, I won't be alone on that night booing them. I'll just join oh, no. the crowd. No, no. Yeah. Uh,
9: and I don't usually boo. I'm not boo. booing
8: him. Yeah, I don't usually boo, but... I will on this day, because especially I'll be in the stands for $10 and 57 cents, or at least you will be listening. If you join our fan section on June the 25th. And I hope you do. Hope you should. Do. I mean, seriously, that's one of the best. And you know me, I like a good bargain. This is one of the best bargains in baseball out there. A chance. This will be a national story when he comes back. Okay.
1: See, see this is, this is what I don't like. I mean, um, the Baltimore sun, shame on them. Because they put out an article, the headlines is Manny Machado on the Orioles. I did a lot for the state and they didn't show me any uh, one bit of love. And the the way that's put in context is he's saying the state owes him something. And that's not it. Please read the whole quote. The Dodgers, last year they showed me some love. The Orioles drafted me. I did a lot for that community. I did a lot for that state. And they didn't show me a little bit of love. He's talking about the Orioles. He's not talking about the state. He's not talking about the city of Baltimore. Why did he mention the state? Because he said he did a lot for the city and a lot for the state. Manny Machado had charities. He had charities. And he said the Orioles didn't show him a lot of love. People are running away with that. If you read the quote, he said, the Orioles drafted me. Then he goes on and says, I did a lot for that community. I did a lot for that state. And they didn't show me a little bit of love. He's talking about the Orioles. He's not talking about the community. He's not talking about the state child never said the state owed him anything. He said the Orioles didn't show him love. And don't even talk about the state. Just mention the city of Baltimore. Well, it's in, it's in the conversation. He's saying I'm a community guy. Not only am I a good baseball player, but I was a community guy. And they didn't show me any love. Whether well, You can agree or disagree with that. That's not mm-hmm. in my, my thing. But I hate when people mislead others yeah. and saying that he says something he didn't say. That's misleading. That's not what he's saying. So to say that he said something about the state, he didn't say the state owed him anything. He thought the Orioles should have showed him more love based on what he did on the field and based on what he did in the community. Now, you can disagree with that. I don't care. Yeah, I interpret it different. That's, but that's not what he said, though. Yeah.
8: Well, again, I interpret it he st- different.
1: He started off by saying the Dodgers last year. Then he talks about the Orioles. He's t- The Dodgers showed him love. The Orioles didn't. If you read the whole quote, it's clear that he's talking the about Dodgers, the two
8: teams. I'd love to know how the Dodgers trade him love.
1: He's talked about that in the they article. they traded for him, okay. They gave up a lot for him. He t- he's talked about they that also that, in the yeah. article. They yeah. gave up a lot for him.
8: And didn't want to keep him. And you're right. watching them half But they in thought, the World Series. But, they gave,
1: but he's talking about they showed him a lot of love, and he specified how by giving up a lot for him. If you read the whole article, we can't just read headlines and run with that. If you read the whole article, he's very specific And what he's talking about.
8: Has he gone to Milwaukee yet? Because that'll be fun, too.
1: I don't know, actually. I do want to see when he goes to Milwaukee. They
8: will be booing him in Milwaukee, too. Booing him?
1: He's going to get one in the
8: ear hole. I mean, I just remember he came back to D.C. And there was a big story about him being in the area. So when he comes to Baltimore, it'll be huge headlines. I've
0: always said I'm not anti-booing. Now, making it personal in terms of vulgarity or personal stuff, That I'm not down with, and especially with kids and young people in stadiums. Getting personal, getting vulgar, not what I'm about. But booing, to me, booing is a grand old American tradition that hurts nobody. And if you are a paying customer, you are allowed to boo. And booing a guy that left you to come back now as an opponent, yeah, I think you're allowed to boo. I've got no problem with that if Orioles fans want to do it. Now, finally, Stanley Cup playoffs, and now the final comes to a Game 5 in Boston tomorrow night. And if you want a definition of just how tough hockey players are, Zdeno Chara takes a puck to the face, sprawls down into the ice, loses both of his gloves, blood is pouring out, has to be helped to the ice. This is one of the toughest guys in hockey. Helped off of the ice and has a broken jaw and might play tomorrow. He might play with a broken jaw. We were talking about Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson being out because of a quad strain or a hamstring pull. This guy's got a broken jaw. So is he going to play? And if not, what happens to the Bruins? Here's WEEI in Boston with Dale and Keith.
9: Connor Clifton picked a really bad time to be terrible. He had had a really good playoff run. I I think more ups than downs. For Connor Clifton. Cliffy Hockey, all that stuff. I thought he's been pretty good. He was really bad. And when you only have five defensemen, one of them can't be as bad as he was. So if you give me, you know, they haven't ruled Grizzlick out, I'd be surprised if he played. But they haven't, I, they I haven't don't ruled even him think out. he's
10: skating yet.
9: Well, Cassidy said.
10: He was back in Boston. He's but, feeling better. Yeah, so You know, we're not ruling out that he could play again in this series. Anything's possible. I understand that. It doesn't seem very likely. No. You're not getting Kevin Miller back. No. You're probably not getting Matt Grizzlick back. but that's... And based
9: on what I saw last night, yeah. I'll be surprised if Chara plays Thursday. Me too. I'd, I'd be shocked, actually, because usually guys can sort of fight through it. They have the adrenaline, it's in game. Well, you don't even especially. realize. Oh, yeah. You don't even realize how bad you're hurt and you play. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, oh, my God. Like, you can't even get out of bed or oh, whatever be. Can you imagine how he must feel today? And terrible. Just absolutely terrible. So I'd be surprised. A guy that tough to miss two periods of a game. I'd be shocked. Now, they do have the two days off rather than just the one. That'll help. But I still – I'd be surprised if you if you saw him. But this team, and just in recent years, they've had uh, – they've been more banged up in the past. Remember a couple of years ago against Ottawa, they had no defensemen. They, they had to burn a year out of McAvoy because they literally had no defensemen. So I'm not going to use injury as an excuse. I mean, the Blues didn't have – uh Vince Dunn for a while. He shows up yesterday. He looked great. He gave them a shot in the arm. So they didn't have him for a while. Rob Thomas has been out after the Tory Krug hit. Uh yeah, Sunquist was his own doing. That was a suspension, but they've they've missed the you You're gonna guys. lose players
10: throughout yeah, the course of the right. playoffs. That's always gonna happen. But it's like the old uh the old Bill Parcell's line. You know, you can take injuries unless a whole bunch of injuries happen at the same position. Yeah. And that's where I think you, you look right now at least based on what we think is going to happen on Thursday they're going to have to play with their number 7, 8 and 9 defensemen. right they're going to have to get minutes out yeah. of what they would consider
9: their numbers 7, 8 and 9 defensemen. yeah but Clifton's been playing a ton anyway he's been great. and I know he's probably what 7 on your list right so he's yes. so but he's been playing a lot so and it's then not more like,
10: in Camphor
9: yeah Camphor I mean is obviously one that that's not ideal like anybody who's just been out for so long that's kind of like oh boy where, well, I'm, look, I saw people on Twitter last night. My
10: my buddy, Andrew Raycroft, was suggesting that, you know, is it time to play Jorhal Wackenainen on Thursday? Now, we're talking about a kid no. who got concussed <laughs> in his first game for the Boston Bruins. Yeah. I think it was against St. Louis, if I remember. Well, I it, can't remember. I'm not positive. It, okay. uh, he got hurt. He was kind of in and out of the lineup in Providence. Hasn't played a lot of hockey. He's a kid. Well, in the and we're going to
9: stick him in Game Five of the Stanley Cup Final. Cassidy mentioned him yesterday in the postgame. He also mentioned Zaboral. I think I was like, "What are we doing? Just go with camphor Like they, and Stephen camphor has got to be going. Really? He did say, uh, you know, it's funny because I don't, I don't believe it. And neither do you. But and, and you have to say this if you're the coach, but he said, Well, Char and Grizzlick, you know, both could be in or both could be out in game five. And I'm like, well, I'm leaning towards both are both are out, but but we shall see. Man, I don't
0: know. I don't know how you could expect anybody with a broken jaw to play in a Stanley Cup final playoff game. I mean, hockey playoffs are fast, they're pressurized, they can be physical. I just don't see how anybody could play with a broken jaw, but Look, wire the jaw shut and take some fluids. We've seen hockey players do worse. So it's possible you'll see him out there, but I would never question the heart or the guts or the physicality or toughness of any of these guys that play in the NHL postseason. And Zedano Char is one of the toughest that's ever been. And if he can be out there, he's going to be out there. But if he's not, you know the guy is essentially on his deathbed. All right. Yeah, that'll do it. The best in your sports talk for Wednesday, June the 5th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone.
1: Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on radio.com or the radio.com app.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.